Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Freaking first cut. Golly! Hello, YouTube. The Jackson, Mississippi Chicken Championship is in the books. We'll break it all down, recap our best bets for the week, and see what else happens. Hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed. We'll jump into it right now. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined tonight first by Greg Ducharme. Greg, good to see you. Good to see you too, boys. Uh, what a very interesting day. Uh, a couple laughs before the show. Yeah, keep everything light, but uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Kyle Porter is here. KP, welcome. What up? I'm still in Colorado. Uh, can't get used to the altitude, but uh, watched a ton of golf today. I woke up watching golf, and I'm I've, I'm still watching golf. So it's a good day. The first time I was in Denver, I landed at Denver Airport, and I like jogged across the street to an Uber, <laughs> and I was out of breath. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, this altitude!" <laughs> I'll like go out the stairs and just keel over. It's unbelievable. Where are the spacesuits? <laughs> the spacesuits? Yeah, you need a helmet, right? It help you out with the oh uh, yeah the extra oxygen. Like the, that's like, where like LeBron goes for like uh, conditioning training, right? Yeah. But like, okay, think like the logic of that though. When you're back in, like at sea level, it's not like you can get more oxygen, right? Right. Like you can't. But, but your lungs have your lungs have worked harder. Preview. You're you're just you're just in the same way you'd be doing biceps curls and strengthening your biceps. You're strengthening your lungs, right? I okay. I don't like, I don't know how all this works, but I know you can. <laughs> I've read that you can uh, <laughs> increase oxygen efficiency levels. You really okay, you I can. You're right. I don't it's know if bit. like running in Colorado will make that happen, but I, I know there are ways to do it. But maybe it's about efficiency. Like your body doesn't have to exert as much when you're back at at sea level. It's like it's like Bryson's speed training. When he when he gets it up to like four ten, then he doesn't have to exert as much to get it to three twenty, right? Yeah, why do you, why do you think they do why do you think they do the long drive in Mesquite? Uh, goes farther. Yeah, if they're at like twenty seven. No, they're like two thousand feet of altitude. Ball flies they, there. They should do the long drive on like a fourteener in Colorado. That'd be sick. They're, they do they do some events in Utah. I don't know if they do it in Colorado, but they go places where that ball just flies. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the place where the place where staying has a golf course pretty close by and i don't even this is not a i'm not long off the tee this is not a brag i promise but i don't even hit driver you can't because like, you just hit it too far 
<laughs> not, it's, this, I'm going down a I'm going down a path that I did not intend to go down. So <laughs> that's okay. I can get us back on track with an ad. What everyone loves: first cut merchandise, twenty percent off for the rest of the year. That's right. You can get all your first cut hats and T-shirts, and you can probably get like early edge stuff too. But use the checkout code first cut twenty. Makes it look better for us. Still gets you twenty percent off. Uh, Jacob probably has something he can show. Put it up, Jacob. There it is. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a QR code right now. Take you right directly to the storefront. If you want to navigate your way there, there's a link in the description, both the audio and video versions of this. Again, that promo code you need, first cut 20, 20% off for probably two or three more months. Okay. Uh, Playoff. Playoff in Jackson. The First off, is it a chicken or a rooster that they hand to the winner? To chicken, right? I think I it's a, it a rooster. Oh boy, Jacob, do you have any? Do you have any advice? Or do you have any knowledge? It's, uh, it's got to be a rooster. You think? But yeah. see, here's the thing: we learned because on it's Monday, got the, it's got the little the little thing going down, the little red thing. That's a that's a rooster thing, right? No, chickens have that too. Some, right? Oh yeah. Is it the coloration that we got to look at? The fact that it's dark aren't aren't chickens like white white body? It's 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 a rooster. I think it's a rooster too, but I think it should be a chicken because Sanderson Farms is the third. We learned this on Monday, Greg, the third biggest poultry producer in terms of chicken every year. Yeah, but but they opted for a rooster trophy. Yeah, okay, I, mean, I read they they produce over thirteen million chickens per week, not roosters. Well, that's just me. Yeah, per week. That's right. Okay, so. Golf Channel has an article. I don't know when this was published. Looks like, oh, this year, getting in that SEO game. <laughs> um, it, the root. So they say, well, that rooster has a name and a backstory. Meet Reveille the rooster. There you one go. of the most one of the most controversial trophies in sports. I don't know why that is. Really, I've heard uh, no one outside the podcast ever talk about it. The, <laughs> <laughs> the creature adorned with a red waddle. I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. that Jacob was referencing, or bronze in the case of the trophy, is an ode to the Sanderson Farms chicken business. And Reveille, not to be confused with the Texas A&M dog mascot, is the finished product of an idea started by Joe Sanderson, the company's CEO, until it was acquired in 2022. So it's a rooster that represents a chicken company, which is even more confusing. You know what? You know what that is? That is the CEO just saying, this is the way we're going to do it, right? They probably paid some firm a <laughs> lot of money to come up with a lot of trophy ideas. And he was like, no, nah, we're doing, we're doing a rooster. Here's what it's going to look like. And here's its name. <laughs> so is it the chicken championship or the rooster open? Well, I think at this point, it's got to be the rooster open, Greg. Yeah, um, I think so. Because that's what you're playing for. You're playing for a rooster. Cockadoodle do. <laughs> and that'll do it for this episode of First Cut. All right. Uh, well, the man who's going to hoist said rooster, Mackenzie Hughes, thanks to a Sunday 69. Uh, he outlasted Sepp Straka in a playoff that went two holes. And it was Hughes, Greg, who buried a birdie on that second playoff hole to, I don't know, throw his name in the hat for an early President's Cup bid for when we go to Canada in two years to uh, pad the pocketbook a little bit and also uh, move himself into first in the FedEx Cup standings, obviously, just two weeks in. 
Yes. Um, there a lot of talk about the president's cup, right? The, right. The, the president's cup snub narrative has been going around on Twitter a little bit. And I really think there's something to it. We, we saw it last year as well. Max Homo didn't make the Ryder cup team. He won, um, after the points were over after the teams were already picked, Billy Horschel did the same thing, winning the BMW PGA and Sam Burns won the, uh, the rooster, cha- uh, the rooster open. Uh, as well uh, after not getting on the team. And now this year, Ryan Fox and, uh, and of course, Mackenzie Hughes this week. But as for the playoff, I thought the, the first playoff hole was really, if, if Mackenzie Hughes didn't win, it would be really disappointing to play from the fairway with that whole location, which just set up so perfectly for the shot shape he was playing all week. I mean, every, every single shot I saw him hit, on TV with a shot trail was a draw. And, and I thought from 165 with a, a left hole location, I mean, he must have been licking his chops. And to leave it in the bunker, I thought it was really disappointing. So I'm sure he was thrilled to get a second go out of it and didn't let another chance slip by. Yeah, well, well noted there. Uh, Hughes got up and down from uh, that greenside bunker on the first playoff hole. They go back to the 18th tee, ends up making a birdie. KP, we often talk about the opposite version of Mackenzie Hughes, where you are great ball striker, great ball striker, great ball striker, gain four strokes with the putter. There's your victory. Mackenzie Hughes, uh, noted great putter, was sixth in the field in strokes gained approach this week and first from tee to green. That That's the opposite of what we normally talk about. You're on mute, rookie. It is. Sorry. I'm <laughs> coughing up a storm, so I don't want to just uh, have everybody have to hear that. Um, I think what's interesting about McKenzie Hughes is he'll have one or two of these tournaments a year. Like, McKenzie Hughes, is, uh, Sean Zock was tweeting about this. He's, he's kind of the average PGA Tour player, right? He's just, he's not, he just, he just kind of exists between 25 and 75 in the PJ in the, in the FedEx cup every year, which is hard to do. I mean, it's, it, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but he doesn't have many of these sort of standard deviation weeks where he's 12 strokes better than the field, 15 strokes better than the field. And so for him, like, like if you take a JT, JT gets five or six of those a year and he just needs to capitalize on one or two. McKenzie Hughes gets one or two of those a year and he better capitalize. He had it last year at the RSM, which he lost to, I think, Taylor Gooch. Uh, and then he had it obviously this season already uh, at the, at the rooster open. And I, I just, it, I think it's, I thought he was like really, he, he used the word grid and you know, whatever, like that stuff gets overplayed, but I thought he really kind of showed a lot of like, like, like some of those guys, that just kind of exists between 25 and 75. You're like, okay, you just kind of go out and put a score together, but you're never really in contention. And when you are, you kind of, you kind of back up and you don't really contend to win. I thought he kind of went after it, which it sounds like a small thing, but I thought it was super impressive to see somebody like him go and do that in a week where, you know, he only gets one or two of those opportunities a year. Yeah, and the FedEx Cup standings, or at least that year end, uh, that Kyle's kind of alluding to here, Greg, last year, 57th, 2021, 67th. His best finish of his career was in 2020. That was 14th. The year prior was 98th. We are going to just 70 
making the FedEx Cup playoffs this year, getting yourself an early win when you're one of these guys who has lived on that number for basically your entire career must feel like a just massive sigh of relief tonight. Oh, it's a huge sigh of relief. There's no question about it. And um, that can lead to a lot of different things. Um, not only does it allow you to choose your own schedule and really be strategic about where you're going to play and when you're going to play and how often you're going to play, um, which is talked about all the time when guys win, but that can really lead to a change in performance. And I'm very curious to see what, uh, what like a Sung JM does in this upcoming year, because last year we saw him take a, a big reduction in his schedule. He started, he stopped playing every week. And it, it's not just about wanting to play or not wanting to play. There's a real performance attribute to it. And, and I think there's a reason you see the top guys play the number of events that they play. Uh, it, it has a, a performance element to it. And they understand the importance of rest and recovery. We heard Chesson Hadley talk about this after his great run to get into the playoffs. He realized he was forced to take a break because he stopped getting into events and all of a sudden he came back fresh, focused and ready. Uh, and it'll give him the opportunity to do that. But, you know, Kyle mentioned something I found really interesting about the approach play. Um, and while it was good this week and it was solid, it was done in one round, right? I mean, he, he gains four and a half strokes approaching the green in round two. And I was on your site, Rick, looking at his, his best approach rounds of his career. And there are only five other rounds where he's gained over three strokes approaching the green. So this was this was 4.58 was his best ever. That was at the round one at the Barbasol. And it was 4.558 here. So this is his second best round he's ever had approaching the green. But then what happens, you get to the weekend and that starts to diminish a little bit. He hits 16 greens in that round. Then he hits 12. Then he hits nine in the remaining two rounds. He, he lost strokes approaching the green today, but his short game completely backed him up. So he had this ceiling. We normally have a ceiling putting round, like you mentioned. He has a ceiling approach round. It leads to a 63, and now he's in contention, and the short game becomes really valuable for him. Um, and, and his scrambling was 22 at 24 for the week, which is just incredible. And I think that was really the you know, the key to him hanging on to victory over the weekend. That's victory from Mackenzie Hughes. Kyle, you were kind of uh, alluding to it. It's just a couple of pops over the last year. RSM Wells Fargo obviously gets the job done here. He beats out Sepp Straka in a playoff. Sepp Straka kind of, um, for the, for the majority of the end of last season, he was, he was horrible. He missed six straight cuts. Then he found something in Memphis. He played well in Wilmington. He played well at the tour championship. Now he's actually found something. He's building this momentum, a little bit of an opposite, uh, type of, of lead in form that we saw from Straka compared to Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. I mean, he's what lost two of his last four tour events in a playoff between the, uh, the Fed, the, uh, St. Jude yeah. with, Will Zalatoris, and now this one. I'm I'm curious about what Greg thinks about his swing. I kind of love his swing. I, I don't oh. know. I don't know if he's a great player, but I I I sent this out on Twitter. Like he looks like somebody who is going to go three and zero at the Ryder Cup next year, and all these casual American fans are going to be like, "Who's this idiot that's winning the Ryder Cup again for Europe?" Like that. That's exactly what he feels like. I, I love watching him play. I, I think he's. 
I think he's a character. I think he has a great swing. And I think he's just a ton of fun to, uh, to kind of experience as a golf fan. I, I will say on his swing, it's, it's way better than the numbers it, it produces week in and week out. It is so easy, right? It just, it, it looks like there's nothing extra going on. It's simple. Uh, he's, he's a big guy. He's right on top of the ball coming up, coming through. Um, it, it looks effortless, but it's tight and compact. Uh, it's a really, really good golf swing. And that's why I think you see him getting content. Like he misses cuts, but when he gets near the lead, it doesn't break down. He doesn't start to lose it on the weekend. He performs all the way through. Uh, and it, it's kind of, it, it's been a really cool thing to watch. I think it's interesting. His numbers don't sort of bear out what we're saying from T to green. He's our ball striking. He's okay. Not, he's certainly not great or he's, you know, elite. He's actually, actually his best uh, statistical category is his putter, which I find really interesting because that when you watch him swing and even, you know, even in contention today, the swing just looks so repeatable. You know, it's not violent. It's not quick. It's not crazy. It just is repeatable. And I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm interested to see if he can kind of build off of his win last year, or I guess earlier this year, last season at the Honda uh, to become, you know, like a top, 30 or 40 type guy that he is like a, like, like Europe needs him to be on the Ryder cup team. Right. And, and so is this going to be a breakout year for him? Uh, I think it could be like the way that he's trending. Certainly. Is, is he, is he eligible? I know he's a fan. So he's based on born, but he wouldn't fall into like a Paul Casey kind of situation where he doesn't play enough on the, your, on the DP world tour. Well, the, 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 the European tour lowered the, the minimum number to like three so that Rory could still play in the, in the Ryder cup or right. I mean, it's, it's an absurdly low number. So I'm sure and, that he'll, you know, do that this year. And he'll get credit for majors, right? Like majors would count towards that Kyle. Well, I think it's actually, I think the number is actually like oh. uh 10 or something, but majors count WGCs count. And then you have to play in like three or four other uh, European tour events. Got it. Okay. Uh, Seb Straka was, I just had it here, fourth this week from T to Green, ninth in putting. Kind of dirty that uh, he doesn't win that event, gave himself a chance. But it, it is funny, Greg. You know, you were kind of talking about the, the little bit of the statistical profile for him. So this week he's going to gain 4.7 on approach, 3.6 at the Tour Championship, four in Memphis. But then it's like, lose five, lose five, lose four, lose four. I mean, he went through a real slump and it's, I always find it fascinating that guys on tour can be this good, but they can also be this bad, right? Which is, it's always surprising to see kind of the range of outcomes for some of these guys. Yeah. There, there's not very many, when you look through each event, there's not very many BMW championship performances where he gained a half a shot. It's, it's gain, you know, gain four or lose four, like you said, throughout his entire career. And, and it speaks to the mentality of the popper, right? I've talked about the 80, 20 rule here on, on, uh, on this show before where you, you make 80% of your dollars or 80% of your FedEx cup points and 20% of your events. And the modern mentality is to be very aggressive. And when you have it that week, the aggressive nature pays off. And when you don't, you miss the cut and you go home. But 
you come back the next week and there's a second place finish. And uh, I mean, missing six cuts in a row and then finishing second when there's a T3, just a couple events before your six missed cut streak, um, you're going to keep your card. You're going to get yourself in contention. Being Finishing really close to the top of the leaderboard is a lot more valuable than finishing T25 every week, uh, even if there's missed cuts in the meantime. So I, I wonder if those numbers are, um, you know, if he feels like he loses his ball flight at times or if he, if it's just in his style and he's an aggressive player and if he's just a little bit off where maybe um maybe somebody who's a little bit more conservative in their uh, strategy they they're not penalized to the level that Sepp Strzok is i i don't know that to be the case it's just th- that's with those just simply looking at data and looking at his golf swing i would say that's a a very aggressive player and it's so, a you know what i'm you know what i'm saying yeah, I was going to say it's a little bit the opposite of, of Mac Hughes, right? Where we're talking about Mac Hughes as a guy that's just kind of like this. And, you know, he doesn't make – they probably miss about the same number of cuts. But I, I when I think of McKenzie Hughes, I think of just like very steady, just finishes T27 every week, right? And, and Straka is a little bit – I think he's more volatile, which I think will result in more wins over the course of his career. Yeah, I, I agree. Sepp Straka, the only Austrian in PGA Tour history with a victory, almost doubled that number on this Sunday falls just short. Mackenzie Hughes wins the 2023 Sanderson Farms Championship. And gentlemen, we kind of uh, got towards this at the start, that idea of a President's Cup snub in recent years well Mac Hughes gets his victory immediately after the President's Cup and Ryan Fox uh gets his win immediately after the President's Cup and and Greg when we were kind of uh talking to Captain Immelman or we were kind of looking at the captain's picks uh we we said we thought he did a really great job of picking guys for Quail Hollow be find yourself some some great drivers of the golf ball we thought the only guy that could have made uh, a push for this team that was not named as a captain's pick would have been Ryan Fox. And he goes out, he gets a little, gets a little revenge on this, uh, on this Sunday. Didn't I say Mackenzie Hughes too? Oh yes. I yeah. Thought- I believe both of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm only teasing. Um, yeah. Ryan Fox, some really, really nice performances on the DP world tour. Um, I'm still not sure if this is going to carry over. If this kind of performance carries over to the PGA tour. Um, but a but a really nice victory from him with some really good names in the field, including Rory McIlroy, um, and now some great golf courses. And Friday's round, by the way, was just it's my biggest takeaway from this event. Friday's round was insane. It was howling out there, <laughs> that's, freezing that's, cold. That's a uh, yeah. But you we need a we need a more aggressive word than howling. It yeah. was. Thomas Peters shot an 83 and there were like 40 rounds in the eighties. Romain Langosk shot 61, 80. Okay. <laughs> that's the, that's the Rory at St. Andrews. That's from 20, 2010. It, it was, I think. Uh, yeah. I think he, yeah, it wasn't 61, but it was 63. 20, it was 63, 83, 80. 80. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's insane. 61 at St. Andrews. I think I, I think that's a course course record, right? Oh, uh, maybe maybe tied it. It, it, it was it, it was it was somewhere close. Greg, I, you know, my takeaway from Friday was they should play the Open uh, in in like November every 
Like, didn't you tell what? me, didn't you tell me, so it was 33 rounds in the eighties on Friday. Was it you Kyle that pitched the idea to play the open championship? Like they do the surfing competitions. Was this you that pitched this to me? Uh, no, no. I, I wish it was, but it so was the, the idea with, right. It sounds like a Kyle idea, right? The idea with these <laughs> surfing competitions is that they like, you go to Hawaii and everyone gathers there for the world championship and they just wait and they wait until the conditions are prime for waves <laughs> and prime for just a great car. So you get these guys into town at St. Andrews and you just wait. And then when it starts, when it gets like, okay, there's going to be 30 mile an hour winds on, on Tuesday, we're going out Tuesday. Send them. <laughs> um, can you imagine be, the players uh, sitting there waiting? on a you know 75 degree perfect day with no wind and say no yeah. it's too nice out too nice imagine imagine the language that brooks kepka would use with the <laughs> rna officials to, after, <laughs> after, after the incident in uh what was it 2015 at the open when he when he have you seen that have you guys seen this i can't say it was this, like i i don't i don't care my balls move i'm not hitting until my ball stops moving yeah i don't care I don't care. He addressed him as like you. And the guy was like, I'm a sir. And uh, he was like, I don't give an F what you're, what you are. I'm not hitting the ball until like, we're taking a break right now. We're not playing anymore. <laughs> so good. It's amazing. Um, so it, it, Ryan Fox gets this done. And this, this, this Kyle is uh, this Alfred Dunhill links. It's, it's got the pro M aspect to it. They're playing across, th- across three golf courses. Uh, the old course of St. Andrews being one of them. You're getting guys like Rory McIlroy going over there and playing. He finished uh, in a tie for fourth, Billy Horschel. You're getting a lot of uh, big names playing over there. It's Ryan Fox who edges out uh, Alex Noren amongst others here. Yeah, I you know, I watched this a little bit throughout the week. I watched a lot today and I think it's it's a it's an you know, this is not an original take, but it's a, it's an underrated fun event. You'd see the old course you know, you know, less um cluttered way. Like when you have the open there, the infrastructure just kind of it makes it difficult to kind of see it uh as like a singular unit. And so I thought it was fun to see the old course completely laid out um you know, just the way it, it normally is. My my kids were watching with me this morning and my in-laws here and Rory was hitting drive on 17. I was like, yeah, he has to go over a hotel right here. And everybody was just in disbelief at like what, what was happening. So uh, r- the Rory thing, like, I think he, I can't remember the number. He faced like 320 or 322 golfers at St. Andrews this year, beat 316 of them and lost both events. So that's a, that's tough for him uh, after playing so well at uh, at St. Andrews throughout 2022. Uh, Rory's doing that thing, Greg, where he just finishes inside the top eight at every single event that I can remember. Yeah. It's just. Do you see that tee shot he hit at 12? I mean, uh, he hit it to like 12 feet. Yeah, he made uh, he made two yeah. there. Yeah, that yeah that tee shot was ridiculously. I mean, it comes in like a par three, it's three fifty. Well, and he, he takes it out like he, a par three, <laughs> but he keeps butchering 14. He did it in the open. He made a five there today. Like he just, he, he has that one hole and granted he wasn't, he wasn't really contending from a position of strength, but he kind of had it in front. I mean, what did he lose by two, one, two, he finished two back of, of yeah, Fox. Two back. So, you know, you, you yeah. birdie, 14, which you should, 
And then, you know, 17's tough. He hit it in the in the bunker there and made a five. So I don't know. He 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 certainly could have won both of the St. Andrews events this year. Ryan Fox wins across the pond. Mackenzie Hughes gets it done in Jackson. Any thoughts on those, or shall we move on to our best bet review, gentlemen? Anything else we missed? No. Um, no, we we can move on. We don't need to talk about Emiliano Grillo at 14. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I had him as one of my picks, so we could we could talk about it on the other side. First, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars, new season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. And we're back. So we've been doing this money maker challenge. This is where we've been allocating our funds in a more specific way, easier to track. You two actually did not participate this week, right? We had a different cast of characters. We had Mark, we had Patrick. So you're kind of uh, off the hook on what is generally a pretty red board here. This is the peanut gallery. Time yeah, to I, just... pick my, I pick my spots. I'm like a, I'm like a top 10 player. I don't play every week. <laughs> uh, Mark on his birthday took the offer. So he loses the matchup of Harris English over Wyndham Clark, Adam Long, top 20, Sahith Tagala to win, Davis Riley to win, and also his best bet, which was Robbie Shelton to finish inside the top 40. He ended up finishing T61. So we will just say uh, that that's an offer, Mark, but happy birthday. That's, that's I think, the way we'll, we'll handle that one. Uh, Patrick. Whoops, sorry, Jacob. Thank you. Patrick had the opposite, Greg. He had Wyndham Clark over Harris English, which was a winner. He had Dylan Fratelli top 20, cashed that. And then he had Clark to win and Dean Burmeister to win. Actually, the South Africans had a pretty good week. Burmeister ended up finishing fourth, but uh, that leaves Patrick as the winner of the week plus $122. That's a solid board. I mean, the when you're, you know, you're outright too, you go with a little bit of a long shot there. Uh, and he has a chance. He has a chance. He could pull within one with a birdie putt on eighteen. Um, that, that's an that's an impressive board. So good on you, Patrick. I'm glad I didn't play this week. I got a push. Alex Smalley and Gary Woodland uh, tying there. Davis Riley did not finish inside the top twenty. Sam Burns did not win. Emiliano Grillo did not win. Kyle, Emiliano Grillo finished four shots off of the playoff. He made a triple on the 14th. That's a par five. Uh, That's one fun way to lose a golf tournament. Well, yeah, that's tough. Did you see the clip of him uh, one-handed or like throwing his club in disgust and hitting it to 12 (laughs) feet? These guys are nuts. These guys are nuts. The club throw was, it, it wasn't like Hideki where it's immediately off the face. And then it's like, oh, whoops, that's right at. He watched it and then, yeah. and then gave it the gentle chuck off to the side. Yeah, it was it was definitely delightful. I love, Rick, the idea, and I don't know if you guys probably didn't mean to do this, but of everybody picking a different, like two different out, like nobody picked the same person, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
So you're going to get, if five of us participate and we pick 10 guys, you're going to hit on that more, you know, fairly often, I think. I, I don't know if we can, I mean, knowing us, we wouldn't be able to synchronize that over the course of a week, but it would, it would be fun if we could. Yeah, it did. It did work out quite well this week, despite six uh, red X's, but that's okay. Uh, I get bailed out here from my best bet, which was Will Gordon to finish inside the top 40, which by the way, when he's your first round leader uh, and then goes 76, 70 over the next two rounds, a top 40 is not as sweatless as you'd like it to be. He ends up finishing T30 and cashes that for me. So I remain in the lead. Cat, uh, Patrick is up. Kyle's only put out 50 bucks. Uh, Greg, we don't, we haven't even had a chance to have you in this yet. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting <laughs> for my chance. This is going to keep my percentages up. That's all I can say. Hopefully. The other thing is that Patrick used his $50 best bet on a matchup parlay, which I love, by the way. So he had Wyndham Clark over Harris English, cash that side of it, and Taylor Montgomery over Keegan Bradley. Montgomery finished T9, but Keegan shoots a 64 on Saturday and plays the weekend, Kyle, at 10 under par to snipe Montgomery by a shot and blow the parlay. Yeah, that's a tough scene, especially when he had, what, plus uh, like 225 there. Yeah. Uh, this is this is uh, not bad. So this is where, this is where Mark, you know, his, his, uh, his weaknesses show. He's, he, you know, he just spouts off all year about the one and done. Then we get into the, you know, the, the deeper stuff and it's like, okay, what's going on here? I shouldn't talk on well, minus 34%, but that won't, that won't last all year. Yeah. Very, very early, obviously. Uh, two weeks next week, Las Vegas, which I've, I've heard of that place. Uh, <laughs> Are you I'll going? Be, oh yeah. I'll be out there. I'll be out there quite a bit all week. Uh, taking it all in. I've got a lot of people over there. I want to see and, it's always it's always a good time. TPC Summerlin has been shut down since April. They dropped all new turf on it. It is absolutely mint right now. Wow. What's the, who's in the? I saw uh, Homa's in the field. Who else is in the field? It's like Homa, Cantlay, Sungjae, and I feel like there's a fourth big one that I'm not remembering. Didn't Sungjae beat uh, Matt Wolf last year? Was it Sungjae definitely won? But I thought he won by multiple. I don't remember who came in second. Wolf was Wolf was in it because um, that was. That was when it was like, oh, his mindset's changed, and he dropped like ten f bombs in the final round. <laughs> right? Maybe, hey, maybe not completely. Yeah, now, he always plays. Wolf, Wolf will be in Jeddah this year. Uh, that's right. Yeah, the, the the live is now going like super international, right? They've got they've got Jeddah, Bangkok, and wait, and Saudi Arabia left. I think. No, Jeddah. Jed is Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Jed Jed is Saudi Bangkok Arabia, and yeah. Miami. 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 That's right. I knew there was only three events left. Let's see here. It is Sungjae, Cantlay, Homa, Tom Kim. Ooh. My Michael guy. Kim. Michael Kim. <laughs> Not my guy. Uh, th- those are the... You, you got some President's Cup guys like Cam Davis and Siwoo and KH Lee and Mito and Pendrith and Bizadenhout and Taron Wise. Aaron Wise. But the, the big four, I think, are... <laughs> Can't lay home, uh, Sung J, Tom Kim. I think we could. Aaron, Aaron Wise, Aaron Wise, Ryder Cup potential. I just want to. I just want to get that. I want to get a year ahead of that. From your lips to the golf gods' ears, I would love that. Because you know the thing now is like the the. Uh, forgive me for talking about the Ryder Cup a year in advance, but 
um, the U.S. is the U.S. is not that deep, like kind of sneaky, not that deep. And so if let's say their bottom three get hurt or fall off or whatever, Aaron Wise is kind of lurking around there at that 15th, 16th, 17th spot to jump up into the top 12. I, I really think him, Davis Riley, Sahith Badala, all three of those guys could be on that team. You truly believe the United States is not that deep? Uh, uh, their team is deep, but their like top 20 is not as deep as people think it is. So the, so the team is extraordinarily deep. But the if you were playing, like if you had to take 20 guys, you'd look at, 13 through 20 and be like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. It depends on how many of those guys you have have to take. Right. If you're taking one, if you got to fill one spot, it's not that big a deal. You're, you know, 11 really solid players. But if, you know, if you got to take five of them, then I I understand where you're coming from. But well, and I think, I I think here's the thing I'm comparing it to, I'm not, I should be comparing it to Europe, which 13 through 20 is horrible, but I'm actually comparing it to previous U.S. groups, which 13 through 20 were, were pretty strong. And now that you're sort of live depleted, um, you don't, yeah, like that 13 through 20 is just not as deep, I think, as, as like if people looked at the list, they'd be like, oh, that's, you know, maybe not great. DFS show on Monday. Make a preview pod on Tuesday. Obviously, some coverage later in the week as well. Any final nuggets, thoughts before we close the book on this one? Looking forward to next week. I know you are too, Rick. I oh, think it's going to be a fun one. I can't wait. Yeah, I love it. I do miss. I do miss the. So this is the first year we haven't had the Vegas swing, the back-to-back weeks, which. And and one of them being an elevated event, which has gotten a lot of good guys out at, at Shriners. So I'm a little disappointed by that, but I, I'm I'm excited for it. It'll be great. It'll be great. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the Real GFD. Kyle Porter can be found at Kyle Porter CBS, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.